You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Happy Thursday to you. want to dig into a question that was sent in to me a few weeks ago by a listener by the name of William, who asked me to dig into some of the statistical categories of the Bills and where they were in 2019 and where I think the Bills will progress and maybe decline a little bit uh, this coming season. So we're going to do offense and defense here later in the show. But first, I want to spend just a moment reflecting on the Bills' injury situation as they enter Thursday, which is the team's first scrimmage. I don't know if there's going to be more, but it's the first scrimmage where they will simulate game-like situations at the stadium go through the process of what pregame warm-ups are like, coming in and out of the locker room at halftime, and scrimmaging, live tackling, live blocking, all of those types of things. There's no preseason, so this is important. Obviously, first and foremost, I want to make sure that at the end of that, we don't get any reports of injuries. We want these guys coming out healthy. But with that said, I think it's very necessary for these guys to have some full-contact, game-like situations given the unique weirdness of this offseason. So an important step in getting ready for the regular season, but obviously fingers crossed that the injury list doesn't get any longer. Now, the Bills have several players that are hurt right now. John Feliciano, who's on the shelf due to the torn pectoral muscle. Tommy Sweeney's on the pup list with a broken foot. Uh, Taiwan Jones has a knee injury. Not sure what the severity is there. Christian Wade tweaked his quad. Uh, Corey Thompson sat out the other day with knee soreness, but he should be fine. And then Robert Foster is in concussion protocol, but he was in the red uh, non-contact jersey earlier this week, and so that's the last step before he is cleared. But the two names that seemingly have lingering issues that we really haven't talked about already, not referring to Tommy Sweeney and John Feliciano, but... Fullback Pat DeMarco and cornerback Josh Norman. Uh, Pat DeMarco has been out with a neck injury that has cost him like a week and a half at this point. And there's a lot of momentum for Reggie Gilliam, the undrafted free agent and you know, obviously a, a more athletic, younger player that has a history of catching the football and was a dynamic special teams player in college. And so you think about a younger, cheaper player that can do more. Now you take away the leadership component that Pat DeMarco brings to the table, and that's something to be mindful of. But you know, it feels like this door is opening for Reggie Gilliam to really claim this fullback job and um, you know make the roster over DeMarco. I don't think there's a path for both of those guys to stick around, uh, but Gilliam is certainly seizing this opportunity uh, to get some run here, and it's not good for Pat DeMarco and his chances of making the roster. The other one is Josh Norman, who has a hamstring injury, and Coach McDermott said he's going to miss some time with it. And I think you feel okay about that because at least you have Levi Wallace. We know who Levi Wallace is, and the Bills have had a top-five secondary pass defense 
in the last two seasons with Levi Wallace being the primary starter opposite of Trey White. So we know what the floor is there. Now, where you get nervous is that if Levi goes down, what does things look like then? And do you turn your attention to guys like Cam Lewis, who has been a buzzy name in camp so far, but really unproven at the professional level? Uh, Dane Jackson, a seventh-round pick out of Pittsburgh, a guy that I think is more of a slot guy, uh, but would he have to play some on the outside? Uh, Saran Neal, you know, if you could play him in press coverage, he's probably okay, but um, you get worried about if he had to play extended time. So, you know, it's one of those deals where my expectations were low for Josh Norman this year, but now the depth is a bit stressed here. So we hopefully Josh Norman can get healthy and that hamstring will be okay. And, and it's good to have Levi Wallace in the mix, but uh, certainly a noteworthy injury here is uh, is the Bills' approach week one. And you feel good about playing the Jets in week one who aren't going to challenge you with any overly dynamic wide receivers. And, you know, there's no rush to get Josh Norman back. Uh, but the schedule will tighten up and, and you're going to have some, some more challenging receivers to deal with. Uh, so, you know, obviously you want the depth uh, to be as you anticipated. So uh, here's to hoping uh, for all of the injured Bills to get healthy and for – there not to be any more guys added to this list after the scrimmage on Thursday. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So let's get into William's question. And shout out to William for asking a good question that I thought deserved really like almost an entire show worth of time to respond to. And he sent this in a few weeks ago, and I told him that I would eventually get to it as a show concept, but it's it's definitely taken a bit longer than I anticipated, given given some of the other uh, shows that we've done here recently, and obviously kind of doubling down on herd mentality a lot here uh, uh, recently. So thanks, uh, William, for your patience, and I'm glad that we can finally dig into this. But the question that he sent in was, can you talk about statistical categories for which the Bills should progress and regress to the mean? And how that can impact our production. And so what I'm going to do here in this segment, we're going to focus on the offense and the offensive categories, where the Bills ranked in 2019 and where I think those could end up in 2020. Uh, We'll come back in the next segment and focus on the defense. So the Bills last year offensively had the 24th offense in the NFL when it comes to total yards, 330 yards per game. Before I go any further, my thought for this offense and my expectation for this offense is for it to get to the middle of the pack, somewhere in that 14, 15, 16 range. And so my thought process is predicated on the Bills going from wherever they finished last year to middle of the pack. And so I'll tell you what that means in terms of a statistical difference. So 330 yards 
per game last year. That got the Bills to the 24th-ranked offense. If they get to 350, so 20 more yards per game, that gets them to 16 uh, in the NFL based on last year's offensive output number. So I think the Bills can get another 20 yards per game and finish with a a middle-of-the-pack offense in terms of total yards. Passing offense, the Bills had 202 passing yards per game last year. That was 26th in the NFL. If they can have 235 passing yards per game, that would get them to 16th in the NFL. Rushing offense, the Bills finished at 128.4 rushing yards per game. That was 8th in the NFL. I'm not projecting that to go up uh, substantially. I think it could get a little bit better, but you're already talking about a top 10 rushing offense. I have reason to believe that it could improve, which I'll detail here in just a moment, but I'm not expecting a, a sizable jump there. Maybe is 6 or 7, but not, you know, not like a, a number 1, 2, 3 type uh, rushing offense in the NFL. It's already very good. In terms of scoring, the Bills averaged 19.6 points per game last year. That was 23rd in the NFL. Uh, if they can get to 23.5 points per game, that would give them the 15th-ranked scoring offense last year. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's where they have to get. The Green Bay Packers were the second-lowest scoring offense among playoff teams last year. The Bills were 23rd in the NFL at 19.6 points per game. Green Bay uh, finished at 23.5 points per game, which was right in kind of the middle of the pack. I think that the floor that you need to hit is probably 23, 24 points per game. And I think that the Bills have what it takes to get in that range. But, you know, you look at the rest of the playoff teams last year and they scored a whole lot more points than that. So the minimum points per game next year is, is 23 and a half, 24 points per game. The Bills were sacked 40 times. That was 15th in the NFL. I think they can get that down to 35 sacks, which would take them to 10. And then third down percentage, the Bills were at 36%. That was 20th in the NFL. If they can get that to 40%, that would get it to 15th in the NFL. So again, the overall thought here is that I think the Bills can get to a statistically average middle-of-the-pack offense as their floor, to be completely honest with you. I have a lot of reasons uh, for my belief in that being realistic uh, as the, the forecast and my prediction really for the 2020 season. I don't know where to start because I have so many things written down, so I'll just work through my list. I think the Bills will be a better offense this coming year for so many reasons. Let's start with Stephon Diggs and the wide receivers. Stephon Diggs is a bona fide number one wide receiver in the NFL. He's proven. He's young. He can uncover quickly. He can create after the catch. He's good in contested situations. He can get vertical. He is going to make this offense a whole lot better. And that's why the passing offense is going to be better. That's why the Bills are going to have more offense in general. That's why they're going to score more points. That's why they can get sacked less. That's why they can um, you know, be a more consistent team on third down because they have a true number one receiver. That is no small addition to this offense. And not only do you have Stephon Diggs now as your number one, but John Brown is now your number two. And Cole Beasley is a true slot guy. He can settle into that role. The Bills have more depth than they did at receiver last year with Gabe Davis emerging this training camp and all the other guys that were relied upon, whether it's Duke Williams or Isaiah McKenzie or Robert Foster. We need to see who makes this team, but they are pushed down the wrong a little bit uh, when it comes to the ladder and depth chart of this receiving room. And it elevates that spot. So if John Brown was the number one 
last year. That's upgraded with Stephon Diggs, and John Brown becomes your number two, and that is now a better position, and it goes all the way down the board. And the Bills are going to have a better receiving core this year. It's it's a, the fundamental piece of this offense being better and scoring more points. Obviously, the continuity factor. I know it's all the guys are back, basically. Josh Allen in year three with Brian Dable. But let's take the continuity discussion to some specifics with the position coaches. It's another year with Ken Dorsey as a quarterback's coach with Josh Allen. Bobby Johnson in his second full season now as a full-time, you know, the lead offensive line coach. Same thing with Chad Hall at wide receiver, his second season as the, you know, the lead wide receiver coach. And I think that's going to be a major benefit to them as coaches. They'll be better coaches for that reason, but their expectations will be clear. The techniques will be more clear. The guys that they're working with, you know, they can evolve and develop with that same guy. I think that's going to matter a lot. So it's it's not just the guys that are returning and having the same players around you. Let's let's not be uh, let's not forget the the coaching piece of that. That is going to matter a lot. And then Josh Allen in year three with Brian Dable. I mean, look at all these other quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, three offensive coordinators. Josh Rosen, three offensive coordinators. Sam Darnold. Yeah, two offensive coordinators already. Those guys are struggling when it comes to the 2018 first-round quarterback class. The two guys that are thriving a little bit here, and 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 there's the most buzz about them, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Both of those guys have had the same coordinator, offensive coordinator, all the way through so far. That stuff matters a ton, and that's going to be big for Josh Allen, who we expect to improve and take another step. I mean, if Josh Allen takes the same step that he did from his rookie season to last year, and it may look differently, but at the same size of a step from year two to year three, Bills are going to be cooking. The Bills are going to be cooking, and Josh Allen has done nothing but grow. I've said this a million times, from his time at Wyoming to his rookie year to late in his rookie year to early last year to late last year. He's done nothing but grow. He's given us evidence and plenty of reason to believe that he can continue his ascension. Let's talk about this offensive line, which will speak to why I think the sacks can be better and why the, why the rush game could be a little bit better and why I think the pass game will be better. I think the group, while it being mostly the same names here, we need to see what happens with John Feliciano, how long he's out, and, you know, Cody Ford at right guard, who plays right tackle. But for the most part, you have a lot of continuity there. But it's these guys all playing together for another season, right? You have Quentin Spain and, and Deion Dawkins with uh, chemistry now, right? They could build off of that. Same with Mitch Morse and the guys next to him. And so, you know, these guys in another year with Bobby Johnson, that's going to that's gonna lend itself very favorably to them performing better. So I, I'm here for that. Obviously, Cody Ford in his second season, whether that's a tackle or guard, he should be a better player in year two. I mean, he played in the college football playoffs at Oklahoma and then had uh, to turn around and get drafted and had a very short amount of time to get acclimated to the pro game, a big jump from the Big 12. So whether he's at tackle or guard, I think he's going to be a better player. Look at this running back situation. I will argue that Zach Moss, as a rookie, is going to be an upgrade over Frank Gore in year whatever of his career, 15 or whatever it was last year. The guy wore down, and he doesn't offer the same skill set that he did 10 years ago. 
or even five years ago. Zach Moss is fresh. He catches the football. He's good in pass pro. And he's that downhill banger between the tackles. Devin Singletary should be a better football player in year two. He's the lead guy. He's got another year in the system under his belt. The timing component with the offensive lineman. It's going to be better. He's going to be a better football player. Same thing with Dawson Knox in year two. So I just, I look at this and I find all of these reasons for it to be a better offense this year that could at least get to that average middle of the pack ranking. And I have a hard time outside of injury finding reasons to believe that it will not get to this point or would regress in some way, shape, or form. What are the compelling talking points that are legitimate to believe that this offense won't be better or would somehow be worse? The offseason being weird? Okay. You feel like there's enough factors here to overcome that. I mean, it's it's just literally players not improving. Um maybe some regression. I don't know. I I don't know what it is. I have no reason to believe the guys that I talk about being better this year won't be. I don't think there's very compelling, legitimate talking points that would lead me to believe that the Bills can't be a middle-of-the-pack offense next year. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, but with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Let's turn our attention now to the defensive side of the football when it comes to where the Bills finished in key defensive statistical categories last year and um, where I think things could end up this year. I think the defensive side of the football is a whole lot easier of a discussion because the Bills have proven themselves as a top defense over the last couple of seasons, and I just don't think there's any reason to believe that won't be the case again this year. So let's look at the numbers and then dig into it. Uh, In total defense last year, the Bills were third in the NFL at 298.2 yards per game. Passing defense, number four in the NFL, 195.2 yards per game. Rushing defense, the Bills were 10th, 103 yards per game. Points allowed, the Bills were second in the NFL at 16.2 points allowed per game. Interceptions, the Bills were eighth in the league with 14. Sacks, the Bills were 12th in the league with 44. And turnover differential, the Bills were plus four. That was good for 11th in the NFL. I don't know that a whole lot's going to change when it comes to total defense or, or scoring. I think the Bills' defense could be better this year. Why? Defensive line depth. Last year, if you remember, I preached to you about why I thought the Bills' defense could be better from the year before, and I talked a lot about Tremaine Edmonds 
in his second season and Matt Milano with a little bit more time under his belt. And the big talking point was Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver being this penetration style three technique that Sean McDermott has not had since he came over from Carolina in Buffalo. And I mentioned how important Kawan Short was to that Panthers defense. Well, he made a big impact last year, and obviously I'm very excited about Ed Oliver this year. If I'm going to pound the table on any one reason to sell you on why I think the Bills' defense will be better this year and an ingredient that I don't think has existed previously in Sean McDermott's tenure with the Bills is that they've never had close to this caliber of depth up front on the defensive line. I don't think it's it's close at all when it comes to how much the Bills like to rotate their defensive linemen and having this much quality at their disposal. And they've paid for it. This is an expensive defensive line. But my goodness, it should be outstanding. Obviously, I have high expectations for Ed Oliver this year. I think he's he came into his own a bit last year. I think he's got a big step to take. I think he's going to be one of the most dynamic interior defensive linemen in the game. But you add to this mix Mario Addison, who's been a very consistent player for several seasons, at least nine sacks a year over the last four. Jerry Hughes, who I think will be healthy this year. And we don't talk enough about the reason he regressed, it seemed like, last year was because the guy had injuries all year. He's going to be fresh with more depth behind him. A.J. Epinesa should be a nice piece to this defensive line. I am swooning over the addition of Quinton Jefferson and his versatility, his athleticism in an attack-style role. Vernon Butler coming over from Carolina, a former first-round pick. I think it's got a better defensive line coach with Eric Washington upgrading over Coach Tierlink, who left for Virginia Tech, but I think that was absolutely Coach McDermott saying, hey, hey, Eric Washington's available. We're going to replace you. I'd encourage you to go find something else to do if you can. Everything's upgraded. Now, Star Latulale is a loss, but I consider Harrison Phillips coming back somewhat of a one-for-one one when it comes to Star Latulale opting out of the season. I'm really excited about this defensive line depth. And because it's deeper, the Bills should be more effective getting after the passer. The Bills should be more effective maintaining their run fits and keeping the second level of the defense clean. You know, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano aren't going to have guys on their toes because the run defense should be better up front. The gap fits should be better up front. Jordan Phillips not getting his ass blasted off the line of scrimmage anymore should help. I'm really excited about this defensive line. I have high expectations for it. The Bills had 44 sacks last year, 12th in the NFL. That should be better. The Bills have better pass rushers this year. Can they get to 50 sacks? If they do, that'll put them kind of like in the top five. I'd love to see it. They got the people to do it. Get after these guys, man. I'm telling these this defensive line group is a game changer for this unit. An already great unit. It's been top three each of the last two years. On the second level, you have Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano back together again. More familiar playing off of each other. Better depth in front of them. More comfortable in their roles. Budding stars, both of them. Tremaine Edmonds, 22 years old, already has two years of experience under his belt. Team captain, pro bowler last year. 
all the improvements I've already talked about that he's made from his rookie year to year two. Sky's the limit for that guy. He can become an upper echelon player at his position in the league this year. Safety tandem's back. And let's face it, while I wish the Bills would have invested differently at CB2, like I talked about earlier in the podcast, the floor is Levi Wallace. And Levi Wallace, I I mean, I understand he's added play strength, which is needed, right? That was my issue with him is that he's rail thin and got bullied last year. That He got big boyed. Well, he's gotten stronger. Good for him. He needed to. Hopefully, Taron Johnson can stay healthy at slot. That'll be a big deal for this defense. Turnover differential was interesting. I think this is an area that the Bills can get better. Bills were plus four last year. When it comes to giveaways, the Bills were 12th in the NFL. They gave the ball away 19 times. Pretty decent. When it comes to takeaways, the Bills were 10th. They took away the football 23 times. Can they get to 16 giveaways? Get that into the top 10? Average about a turnover a game? I think they can turn over the ball a little bit more too. I think they can create more takeaways. When you have that defensive line depth, those fresh bodies putting more stress on the quarterbacks, you have the back seven that is more familiar and comfortable with each other that's loaded with superstars. The recipe and ingredients are in place for the Bills to take away the football more than they have in the past. I just can't think, just like I finished with the offense, I can't think of a legitimate, compelling reason to believe that the Bills' defense won't continue to be an elite unit this year. There's not one compelling talking point that I could subscribe to that leads me to believe that's the case. Lorenzo Alexander being gone? Lorenzo Alexander isn't going to be the difference in the Bills being a good defense and being an elite defense again. Zoe was valuable. His versatility was welcomed. But the depth that the Bills now have on the defensive line, getting A.J. Klein, a very serviceable Sam linebacker, to play the off-ball stuff that Zoe did, the Bills are going to be fine. Bills are going to be fine. Obviously, the leadership component matters. But it's everything's in place. The Bills are deeper than they've ever been on defense. Now, injuries always is the X factor. The Bills were really healthy last year for the most part. So hopefully that can continue. I mean, you start losing a Trey White or one of those safeties or Tremaine Edmonds or Milano or Ed Oliver, something like that, then you start to get nervous. But we can't predict injuries. And I think the ingredients are in place for the Bills to continue their streak of top five defenses that are tough to score on. And I think they could be better when it comes to sacks and turnovers. So... Collectively, I just believe in this football team being better this year. And when it comes to where they fall in terms of statistical rank, I think the defensive side of the football will be quite similar to where it was last year, and I think that the offense can get to middle of the pack, which I don't think is an unrealistic expectation, and I think that's the floor, to be honest with you. Can they get to the top 13, top 12? The only thing stopping them is themselves because the talent's there. I'm excited to see it. Excited for the season. Excited to play the Jets in a couple weeks. Sounds like things went really well with their scrimmage on Thursday. Looked awful from all the all the reports. Le'Veon Bell's in a rift uh, with with Adam Gase. I mean, the the Jets are just uh, man a mess. You can't take them lightly. You need to go out there and get ready to uh, play your best football game and, and and 
start, you know, the season on a high note and kick their ass. I mean, to be honest with you, just beat up on them. Show show everyone who you're out, who you are. Beat an inferior football team at home in week one. Soon enough, we'll be talking about it and previewing it. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So uh, appreciate you uh, listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed some of my thoughts here on the reasons why I think the Bills will fall where they do statistically this coming season. And, uh, of course, the injury recap at the beginning of the show. So that'll do it for us today. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. If you like what's happening here, tell a friend about it. Tell them to check out Locked On Bills. And while you do that, make sure that you give me a five-star rating and a few sentences in the review column. It's so helpful to this podcast and very much appreciated on my end. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again for you tomorrow.